I believe that everybody has a different, unique story. And so we've been navigating what does it look like to find our identity, the path to purpose, to your healing, and to a place to call home. And so we looked at our first week, I had the privilege of talking with our worship leader, Sean Prez, in the building. And that was a powerful time, just a conversation about what does it mean to have a lifestyle of worship? Today, I I have the privilege of sitting with Principal Haywood. Come on, somebody. If you know Heather, you appreciate her. She is a rock, and she is solid. I I love talking with Heather because I've I've told her this before, but I just feel like there's so much comfort when you get around Heather. You just want to share your entire story, all the good, the bad, the ugly, and you know that there's no judgment, and she's such a good listener, and a woman of faith and prayer, and she has such a unique story um, coming in here to change family, and today we really want to focus on the road to healing, and we've entitled today even Healing Towards Purpose. How many know you got a purpose on your life? Let, Let me just remind you, you have a purpose on your life. And it's God-given, it's God-breathed, it was designed inside of you. And sometimes things can happen in our life that cause hurt and pain and cause a barrier and even, I would say, an obstacle to getting into that purpose of God for us. And so today, Heather's story is unique, but I know there are so many stories in this room and you might have come from a situation in your life where a storm took place something hurt you. So today I really want to navigate, just talk about your journey. Um, You've dealt with some things in the past and come into this place of healing. And now we see you on the other side, Heather, of of ministering and helping others come into the house of God, the home and the family to find that healing for themselves. So I really want to talk and just um, dive in today. Are you you good? We dive into the, the path of healing. This might be just for you today. This might be for someone else in your life that you can help navigate in that journey. Um, I want to open up with this scripture from Isaiah chapter 57. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Isaiah 57, and we're going to start in verse 15. In verse 15 it says, for this is what the high and exalted one says. He who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Now that is a beautiful reminder that the Lord sits on high, but there is no place he cannot go and is not present. And so if you find yourself in a place of hurting, in a place of a pit, know this before we even start today, the Lord is there with you. Lord is right there with you. And then we have to jump to verse 18. Verse 18 says, in Isaiah 57, verse 18, he says, I have seen their ways and will heal them. Come on, somebody. How many want the healing of the Lord? I will guide them and restore comfort to Israel's mourners. Create praise on their lips. Peace, peace to those far and near, says the Lord. I will heal them. And I want to point out one more thing before we dive in today. He says this, peace, peace, because when you come into the Lord's healing, it's true, genuine peace. This word, peace, peace, literally means the full reality and nothing but peace. Isn't that beautiful? 
when the Lord heals you, he not only comes in with a little bit of peace, he fills the room so much that pain has to leave. Things of the past have to go out because the room is so full of peace. So we pray that that happens today. I want to talk with you, Ms. Heather. So our culture has made it um, so common for people to believe that you can be healthy in God, but not a part of the church. I want to talk today just what happens in the space of the church that is a healing space. Why do you feel like that's so important? And why is it so important that those who have faith in Jesus be active and a part of the local church? Um, first of all, thank you for giving me this space. Um, and just a we're talking about healing, and so the, my healing, the part of my healing that we're focusing on is, is healing from just being, experiencing hurt in the church. Um, so just to give you a little context for where we're going with that. Um, and it's very important to stay connected because when we're not connected, we're, we're not in the local body, we don't, we lose that, we lose that connection with other believers. We lose that um, that place of being able to study together, to talk together, to encourage each other, and then ultimately we lose accountability. You know, so we'll go through things, and you know, we'll be in the midst of things, and we're making decisions that are not what God would have us do, and then there's no one basically, you know, checking us when we're in a body of believers. You know, we're encouraging each other, and then we're also having those conversations. Where in some way, shape, or form, you know, someone's saying to me or I'm saying to somebody else, you know, is that really, you know, the, the God way to do this? Is that really how God is moving you, like, in this situation? Is, is that the right, you know, um, decision for this time? And, but when you're out of fellowship and you're just on your own, you don't have that. What you do often have is the enemy in your ear saying, that doesn't matter. You don't need anybody else. Just go do do you. Just do what you want to do. What makes you feel good, um, and what makes us feel good isn't always what makes God feel feel good. It's not always what He has for our life. So it's just um, so important to stay connected. When we're not connected, you know, we don't learn um, the way God would have us. Because one way of learning is you're bouncing ideals off of each other. You know, when I, when I read this scripture, this is what it says to me. This is what I get from this. And then another person, oh, this is what I get from this. So you all come together. Um, but when you're by yourself, you don't, you don't have that. You know, so if you're taking a scripture out of context, there's no one saying, you know, I really think this is what God means, you know. Um, so you don't, again, it all goes back to that accountability. Um, and we lose our covering. You know, we don't, we don't have um, a pastor praying for us. We don't have fellow believers interceding for us. And we also lose the opportunity to do that for others um, in, a, in, a, in a corporate church setting. We, I mean, we can always pray. We can pray for people at work, you know, in our neighborhood, in our community. We, we definitely can do that. But there's nothing like being in a corporate setting and being able to strengthen and encourage um, each other. So there's so many things. Um, you know, you see a lot of people like, well, I don't need to go to church, but then when things come in, like, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that profess to be Christians, but they're into a lot of new age stuff, and so then, again, there's no accountability, nobody's saying, you know, that 
that that's not the path that we mm-hmm. should be taking um, as a believer. So it's just it's so many different, there's so many reasons why it's so important um, to, to be connected. I mean, it's important to be connected in the right place, and that takes discernment and prayer, you know, as well. But um, yeah, definitely need to need to be be connected. And I, I I I learned that the hard way because when I went through the experiences that I went through, you know, as I shared, you know, I didn't belong to a church for three years, um, and that was a big surprise for me. Um, I went to church, but I didn't belong to a specific fellowship. I, I dive deeper into that, Heather, because yeah. that's so present today. So I would, uh, each week I would go to church, most weeks, most weeks, I would go to church, but it was, I didn't belong. And so, and I also targeted larger fellowships so that I could go in and out with no accountability. You know, I wouldn't see the same people all the time. And these were, these were good churches. I mean, one of the churches I told you I would go to freedom a lot, but in the main reason, it was a, a solid word, but even more importantly, it was huge. So when I walked in and out, nobody knew me, so I didn't have to worry about somebody saying, oh, I'm glad to see you come. That never happened. I never sat in the same area. I never, you know, just. You were a ninja. You're a church ninja. I was was in, I was, I was in and out and I was like, please don't let anybody start a conversation with me. And that, that was my mindset. And in my mind, you know, and during that time, I, um, it made sense. It made sense to me. And I, I was one of those people like, I don't need to belong. I'm good. I've, I've done that. I had that experience back there. I don't want to. Be in a place to trust anyone that much again, and that, that that was my mindset. And I went through that for three for three years, for three years. Wow, that's crazy. And I, I love that differentiate that factor that you put in there because I think sometimes we think of church as something we don't do. And a lot of people a lot of people say that like, oh, I don't do church, and it's like, yeah, I understand that whole religious concept that the West has, right? We go to church. We do this religiously. We have, mm-hmm. but really, Jesus's model of church was belonging. It was a family. You came in to the family of Christ, and you belong to Him. And that—that that was a, the difference in like, even we we always say like, redefining church. It's not that we want to like create this church that no one's ever seen or heard of, and all these ideas that are out of the box. It's not that. It's redefining because sometimes. We as a society can think of church as something you go to, listen to a message, and leave. And that's not it. The power of church is community. The power of church is the process of one-to-one conversations, ministering to each other, encouraging each other, pouring into one another, having the lows and being okay that you're not okay. Being okay to show up to church and be like, I'm not okay today. And it's okay because you have a body of of family around you that comes and supports you so i'm so glad you pointed that out because i think we can misconceive and think that church is like something that we attend or go to or are part of but it's something that we belong to and when we're in that community that's when the lord can move on and heal and uh, that is such a huge part of the journey and you know when did that so on your journey when did that when did you start to gain faith back for the church like as you're attending, as you're the ninja in the back, you know, when, when did that transpire? During that, uh, that third year, I um, just began to want to belong. I wanted to, I started 
feeling like I was on the outside, and I wanted I wanted that community. I miss I miss that um, I miss that community, um, and really what started to restore my faith. First prayer, of course, um, and just praying um, and asking God to heal my heart, um, asking Him to give me the courage to trust again, asking Him to give me the courage um, to like authentically belong again and not just be in the midst, but actually, you know, belong and um, to give, to be able to, to give back. And so as I began to pray that, he began to um, close what I call my tunnel vision, um, where my focus wasn't just on what happened um, at my previous church, my focus was no longer just on um, how I was hurt, what I felt like. It began to shift to, like, Lord, where would you have me be? Like, where, you know, where should I be? Um, I began, as I began to visit other churches, I saw that there's plenty of other um, healthy churches, not perfect, but healthy. Um, you know, sorry, everything. I'm gonna stop right there. Can you define that? Because it's so, hard. It, I, I hear you on that. And sometimes we look at like, oh, a healthy church could mean this, that, or that. Right. Like the worship's good, the message is good. Da da da. What is what in your definition is like a healthy church? So, um, being healthy means that the people are first of all authentic. Um, the the messengers are solid, you know, solidly based on the word. Um, people are allowed to be themselves. People are um, allowed to share their struggles without judgment. Um, it doesn't mean that correction won't come, but it's a difference between like correction and, and judgment. And so it means people are people feel safe to come in. When you come in, you feel safe because you know people are going to listen, and the people are and God is going to use people to speak into your life to um, just to point you in God's direction in, in the times um, when when we're not there, um, and that's done in love, not in um, it's not heaping um, condemnation on you, um, and so that. You know, it's a place where you're always learning um, from the pastor on down. We're we are always learning. You're always seeking. Um, and that you undeniably feel God's presence when you're, when you're there. That's, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, because if you're somewhere that's not healthy, it's going to be harder to feel his presence. It's going to be harder to connect with people. It's going to be harder um, to feel comfortable or to feel... To feel at home, um, so that's why it's it's just so important. So I, and I began to see, you know, there are so many other places that that are healthy. Um, my, my one prayer was um, at the end of all praying for healing. I was like, Lord, please, I need somewhere that doesn't look like anything I've ever seen before, or it doesn't look like anywhere I've ever been before. Um, and if you're familiar with change, change fits that. <laughs> change fits that that built like in literally two or three days later I'm scrolling on Instagram and I see a, 
a video about their first service. This was back in, um, this was in August of 2017. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this place looks really interesting. And I was like, I'm gonna go to their first service. Um, so, but I didn't make it until January of 2018. <laughs> I finally got up the nerve um, to come. But, <laughs> but when I, I walked in, um, and I was, I was sharing with Pastor Elijah that when I first walked in, I felt triggered, um, meaning, you know, everyone was so nice. I'm like, why, why is the fact that people are being nice triggering? But that's, it was almost the same feeling I had when I first went to the previous church. And I was like, oh, no, I don't want to walk into the same thing. However, there was something, you know, that gave me peace after the first few minutes. And I was like, this is not, this is, this is not the same. And then having a conversation with Pastor Elijah, like after the service, listen, when I would go to a church, the last thing I wanted to do was talk to a, talk to the pastor. I never talked to the pastor. I never went anywhere near. I was like, as soon as they said that final amen, I was like out the door before he could, or she could even get off the, the pulpit, you know, <laughs> but, um, I was talking to him and I found myself telling him a little bit about my story and I was like, what are you, in my head, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, shut <laughs> up. And he said, <laughs> he said something to me that um, is what made me come back. He said, um, he said, well, you know, I'm so sorry that that was your experience um, and that you were hurt like that. He was like, on behalf of all pastors, I apologize. And that just did something to me. And I was like, okay. Although my, my mindset was like, I'm going to put this place into the rotation. <laughs> into the rotation of churches. Um, but I ended up back the next week, and I've been here ever since. Wow, 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 wow. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. that's news to my ears. That's so cool. But, you know, it, it shows me, though, that the power of what we carry as the church can bring healing for someone else. Think about it. I didn't hurt Heather. I didn't wrong her. But on behalf of, I could bring that space mm -hmm. and provide a safe place to heal just by being like, I'm sorry. Because yeah. I remember it hurts my heart. When we first came into the city, we hit the streets and started asking people about church. And I found out probably 90% about the people that we talked to had church hurt, had some form of hurt in their heart from religion or someone that was in the church. And so, like, our hearts started breaking for those that have been hurt. And, uh, yeah, so if we create that space, though, to say, Lord, I don't have everything. I don't, I don't know what to say or how to react. But I know that your presence is what's needed for healing. He said, I will bring praise back to their lips. And I think about that process for you. I'm just, like, coming into experiencing church. But then that space of healing comes, and all of a sudden now you're so – your journey has been wild because you you kind of left the church scene, came back into it, now belonging to a church, and now I've watched your story as you've come alive to now help others come into that space to belong. As you run on our next steps, and you're walking people through the journey of like coming alive to their purpose and knowing, take us on that path of like, what what is it that, that causes you to say, all right, I wanna create that space of healing where was the transformation? What did you do? Kind of give practice steps for those in this room that are dealing with that hurt, maybe are coming to that space of healing, but haven't yet come into that graduation phase where it's like, I want to bless others. I want to pour. They can't even imagine that. What, what were your steps in saying, you know what, I want to take this healing 
and now start to pour out? Because I'm sure you didn't feel like it at first. Um, I would say the biggest thing is to, one, acknowledge the hurt. A lot of times today we feel like we have to cover up what we're feeling and just press through, press through. Um, but that's not healthy because then we end up pushing that, those things down and they start to fester. And um, just like an infection, then it, it grows and it, um, then it guides, that, that, that infection guides how we interact with people, how we treat people, how we receive things. Um, from people. So the first thing is to acknowledge the hurt. It's okay to acknowledge the hurt. It's okay to be where you are. You don't want to stay there, but it's okay. You have to acknowledge it first before any type of healing. You have to acknowledge it before God can begin to work in you because you have to just open up and say, Lord, this is where I am. This is where my mindset is. This is where my heart is, you know. Um, yeah, so that, that, that would be the first thing. The second thing is to fight through those thoughts of guilt or shame. I felt a lot of guilt. One reason was because I felt like I should have known better and I should have recognized the ungodly things that I that God began to open my eyes to at my previous church. I feel like I should have seen it going in. I, you know, and I was there for seven years, and I think I was four years in when things started to, when my eyes started to open, but I didn't want to believe it, because believing it would have meant that, um, how can I put it, believing it would have meant that I've been a part of this all this time and didn't see it. And so then I felt guilt, I felt shame, because I felt like I should have done, I, I should have seen more, I should have known more, I should have let myself get involved in it. So, and we go through, situa we go through situations in, in life and we should not be guilty, because you know what, honestly, the lessons I've learned from that experience are, are priceless. Um, if I could have learned them another way, that would have been good, but <laughs> if there had been a book, you know, you that would have that another better. way. You know, that would have been better, but um, but there's no reason to feel to feel that guilt and shame because we go in every area of our, our lives. We go through things where we didn't see something in the beginning. Um, it's just, yeah, that that's not from God. God is not making us feel guilty. God doesn't think we should feel um, guilty about that. Um, and then the net tied with that also is is forgiveness. You know, I had to forgive um, the people. Now, I didn't go to them and say, I forgive you, but I had to forgive them in my, in my, in my heart, okay? Um, because without doing that, again, it's that whole festering thing, because then I'm still angry, you know, every time. That, that, that was really hard. And I'm going to say those first two years, it was like those first, and there was a group of us that left, so we kind of, it seems like every so often, just all of this stuff would come up when we would be talking through it. And I'm like, no, why are we talking through this stuff again? But you know, we were still struggling with it. And so we, need, we, needed, to get, we needed to get it out. And that was, that was a safe space because we all understood what each other went through um, when, we were, when we were there. But and the forgiveness is, is not for them, of course, it's just for us. So that healing um, can come in. Um, and just to know that, that God is not the source of that guilt or that shame. No, that's just the enemy trying to keep us where we are. That's just, you know, 
worldly thinking that you know we should be ashamed or we should you know about those things that and that's not that's not from God we have to um is that's so important that's so important that's not from God those feelings are not from God and then we have to embrace um the lessons that we've learned okay how can I use this going forward how can I um share this with someone else so that uh maybe it can speed up their their healing process you know sharing that and um i have to say i haven't shared like this is the first time i've just shared with like a big group like this i mean i've shared with pastor elijah and a few people here but other than that i don't really um haven't talked about it a whole lot so this was can we just say thank you heather for for opening up (laughs) this is huge Guard your heart. Um, guard your heart when you encounter people that are maybe from that situation that you've come out of. Um, I've, I've encountered people a few times over the years, and I had to guard my heart because everybody's not in the same place. Everybody's there's still people there, so they don't see anything as, as wrong. And so if I'm if I'm talking with them, I have to guard my heart. Um, from what they're saying, um, because they would seek to say, I'm wrong, my experience is wrong, the way I view things are wrong. So definitely have to guard your heart so that you don't get drawn back in or you don't get drawn into um, contention. Yeah. That's huge. And I think when you realize that your story is actually something that God wants to use, Mm -hmm. it becomes a key. And all of a sudden, the locked doors for someone else, you become the one who has access to open up and free them mm-hmm. from that space. And I think of the countless, you know, people that have come into this house and have found that freedom mm-hmm. through belonging to a church and coming into that space of healing. And not that the church is a solve all, but I do believe that the Lord uses it to empower the healing. Mm-hmm. It's that community, it's that life giving. Um, I love what you said about forgiveness because I think it's, it's, it can be easier to say I forgive you than to really forgive in your heart. Mm-hmm. Can we just camp there for a second? Because I think one of the biggest things that keeps us from being whole and healthy is unforgiveness. And I, I've dealt with this in my own life, just with having to forgive people who have wronged me or hurt me or, or whatever you go through. You go through a storm and it could even be a significant other where you're in, you're in a marriage and you feel wronged or you feel like they don't see what you see. I remember even a season where, you know, and this, it's, always, it's always that little still small voice that comes in and creeps in and just saying things like, she's wrong, you're right, mm-hmm. right? Or that person, you deserve to go and tell them what's up or you deserve to not ever, whatever whatever that is, and you can just harbor that and harbor that, and you can even say, oh, I've forgiven them. I've moved on, but inside you feel like, or I want them to burn, mm-hmm. you know? I want them to burn, 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 and I think what I, one of the most powerful things I've ever heard, I was reading a book, actually, and um, a pastor in California, actually, Bill Johnson, he was saying that he struggled in the beginning of his ministry because he would look at other churches and other pastors, and he would envy and he would just be so bitter towards him when you would see success. And Holy Spirit convicted him and he said, you need to pray for blessing upon them. And he's like, what? 
and he had a few uh, leaders and things that had wronged him. He said, there's no way I'm going to pray that way. And the Holy Spirit did, said, do it. And that really convicted me because I was like, wow, do I pray for my enemies to be blessed? Not just forgive them, but like actually mean my prayers of blessing over them. And I remember the process that when I started praying over those that hurt me and wronged me, and I started saying, Lord, bless them. Again, at first, it felt like a lie. I felt like I was fibbing myself. You know, I'm like, I don't really mean this. You know, I'm like, Lord, bless them. I mean, burn them, you know, like do something really evil to them. Um, but Lord, bless them, bless them, bless them. But I remember in the process, the, the Holy Spirit healing my heart and actually giving me that heart for my enemies. Where I'm starting to pray for them, all of a sudden, I'm weeping over my enemies. And not in a way that I'm like, Lord, hurt them. I'm like, Lord, I want the best for them. Bring them to repentance. Bring them to the space. Because I, I realized, wow, if they don't get right, they're on the wrong path. They're going to hold bitterness or harbor all those things. And so I remember how freeing that is to forgive. Yeah. yeah I know in the beginning, my, my prayers toward them were, Lord, shut it down. <laughs> yes. Like, Lord. Let's get real, Heather. Let's get real. Lord, close the doors. Don't let another person walk in that, you know, that Let the lie be found place. out. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, mm -hmm. And then um, as, as healing progressed, um, and as I got to the point where I knew I needed to be able to just to let all of that go, um, my prayer became, like, Lord, open their eyes, you know. You know, if you, if you truly call them, put them back on the path that you intended for them to be on and let them, you know, repent from the things or things they have in place, things they do, things they say. Let them repent from that and then continue to use them, you know, to reach your people. And that, and that was hard because, like I said in the beginning, I was like, Lord, just shut it down. Just, you know, don't let them hurt anybody else. Don't let anybody be misled, um, you know. And so that, that took a that took a. A while, and I still, and honestly, I forgive him, but I still, I still struggle at times, you know, with that prayer. But that's how God has led me. So then, that's that's what my prayer, you know, that's what it has to be. Um, I was directed towards Isaiah forty three nineteen. Uh, some of you may know this scripture, but in Isaiah forty three, he says, "See, I am doing a new thing." Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I just felt that in my prayer time this week, just to encourage those that are in this room that maybe your story is full of hurt and you're full and you, you're in this season where you don't see the healing. Maybe you're in the process, but it doesn't feel real yet. Even that unforgiveness. And I just want to prophesy over you that this is a season where the Lord is doing a new thing in your life. And if you, if you come and you come into this space of just saying, Lord, I don't have the answers, but I need you. This is the beautiful thing about the Lord. He never requires payment for his healing. Sometimes you can think that, like, well, I have to bring something to him. I'm not right. I'm, I don't have all my ducks in a row. I'm not religious. I don't have the things all in place. I haven't forgiven that person, so I don't deserve his grace right now. I don't deserve his healing. Whatever it is, the lie that's spoken. But I just want to speak life over you that this is a season where the Lord wants to bless you, not just with uh, material items, but healing in your heart, healing in your mind, healing in your body to where what Paul said, you're renewed and transformed. 
where you are a new person and people are like, whoa, Heather, I thought you were wrong. I thought you were hurt. And now here you are serving others. You are the first one to say, Pastor Elijah and ask, what do you need? I'm there. First one. We always know that if we have something on the calendar that's an outreach or some form of thing, Heather's the first to sign up. <laughs> She's always like, put me on wherever you need. And, and I just love that about you. But I'm believing that for everybody in this room, everybody that watches this at some point, that the Lord is going to do a new thing in you. And where it looks like a wasteland, where it looks like it's wasted territory, like you said, your story has become something that heals others. It's going to become streams. And you know what happens in streams? Life. When streams come into the wasteland, life can be produced in that space. Vegetation. Things that help others grow, nutrients, all the things happen when you become healthy in God. And the Lord can do that in your heart. He can do that in community. Um, Heather, what would you say to those that might be in a season of, of hurt right now? They want to find that healing. They want to take those next steps. Would you say practical ways to step back into the community of church, the place of healing, place of forgiveness, the place of relationship with God and people. Like, what, what would you encourage everybody today as we uh, close today and, and pray? Um, I, would say, I would say, first, just seek God. Um, because through whatever your challenge is, whatever your place of hurt is, whatever your struggle has been, all during that time, God has been cultivating a place just for you. He has picked a pastor. He has picked leaders. He has picked um, a, a whole body that is waiting to embrace you. So my first thing is pray. Seek God. Ask him to lead you to where that place is because there, it, it, that place exists. I promise you that place exists. That place of healing um, is waiting for you. That place of fellowship is, is waiting for you. Um, that's the, the first thing. Um, also, I would say an another level of prayer, and this is something that I have, I continually pray through because I still struggle with it, is to, you know, when, you, when, you, when God leads you to that place, um, how can I say it? Look at it with, with new eyes. One of my biggest challenges when I came to change was basically not make, trying not to make them pay for what the previous church did, okay? And what I mean by that is um, how can I, I'm trying to think of the, the right words, just not ex not expecting the same from your new place of fellowship, or it doesn't have to be a church, but whatever that thing is, but not expecting what happened in the past to happen here. And in the beginning, that was a big struggle for me, because every time somebody would say something in my head, I'm thinking, that sounds good, but, you know, I heard similar things before. And so just getting to a place of trust where I took people, you know, at their word, where I took Pastor Elijah and Pastor Ashley at their word, that they were who they say they are. And, and also making sure that your worship is geared 
only toward God and not toward the leaders because they're human, you know, they're human too. They're going to make mistakes. They, they're going to have, you know, bad days. And so when we have to make sure that our, our worship is only focused on God and not on the people because people will disappoint us. We'll, we disappoint them, they'll disappoint us. You know, that, that's, that's just life. That's how, that's how it is. Um, so that that's that's also important. I, and I I know previously, um, I mean, if you asked me, I wouldn't say I was worshiping them, but I took I think at times I took their what they said above what God said. And so then that was the challenge when what I was hearing, I'm not that's not really what I think God would say in that you know in that situation. I don't think that's how He wants us to handle people. I don't think that's how he wants us to act, you know, in this situation. Um, so I would also say, um, yeah, just, just being able to see that this is a, 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 a different place and to not expect, you know, the same things, um, as what happened in your place of hurt. Yeah, it's a new territory. Yeah. This is a new land. Uh, just be encouraged today. This new relationship that you're in right now isn't like the old one. Okay? There's new things going to happen in this space that's going to bring about completion, mm -hmm. healing. I, 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 and I think about that with like new environments, new family, new... Uh, the Lord restores in so many different ways that we know not of. Some of us are craving, you know, maybe you didn't grow up with good parents, right? You don't have a good father figure in your life or good mother figure in your life. And the Lord, we pray, Lord, restore it with that relationship, but sometimes the Lord doesn't. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the Lord restores it with another motherly figure or another fatherly figure that comes into your life and fills that void because the Lord knows what we need and the Lord restores that. Sean, you can go ahead and come in. But the Lord restores. I just want to encourage you that your healing might not look like what you think or what you're praying over, but the Lord is going to bring it in his timing, in his way, and he's going to show up with what you need. And this new territory is going to be the most beautiful. I just want to say that over you. The best is here today, present, and yet to come for you. Your story is not over. This is going to be the best, most quality chapter the Lord has ever written in your story. I'm believing that. I'm believing that your story is going to be ended with a story of purpose. He's going to restore that healing. He's going to restore your ability to serve and give and be the one that's in the other chair saying, I'm here for you. What do you need? I've been through the valley. I've been through the things. And I've grown through that. The Lord has done something in me. So how can I now be streams in the desert? How can I now flow out of my life? I'm believing that for this room. And, and I want to take some time. Absolutely. Also, um, as, we, as we go through our healing journey, I would encourage people to share your story. Don't be afraid to share your story. I think the enemy doesn't want you to share because, you know, we can hear a teaching and we can get that, but until we have those conversations with someone that's been in the same situation where we are, you know, sometimes we're like, okay, I know that healing, but that's not, that. I don't think that could be for me. But until we talk to somebody that's been down that road or a similar path that we've been down, a lot of times um, it doesn't make it real. So you have that, those one-on-one -on -one conversations. So don't be afraid to share. I'm going to tell you, 
I had such an attack last night and this morning. Um, and I, I know it was an attack because it just came out of nowhere. And even I was telling you last night, I felt so sick last night, just out of the, out of the blue. I, it, it, was, it was so crazy. It was so unnatural that I knew it was an attack. And then I had it again once worship started this morning. And so um, now I, I share that to say it is, it's so important to share your testimony. And so I feel like the enemy didn't want me to, um, to be able to, to share um, this morning. So sharing is so, um, is so important. And it, it heals you. But it also brings helps to bring healing to others that are going through and feel like they're alone in the midst of their um, of their struggle. Amen, amen. Well, Heather, thank you for being a part of this conversation today. We appreciate you. Appreciate all the time that you spend serving in this church and giving back. And I want you to pray for us today. And I want to open this altar time just as we worship as a space of restoration. Here's what I'm believing for today. I'm believing for your life, that you step into the new, that this is a new chapter, a new space where you're saying, all right, Lord, I am ready for the streams. I'm ready to give up that space of desert, the space of dryness, a space of unforgiveness. Maybe today you need to come in, just release it to the Lord. Say, Lord, this hurts, it's painful, but I need your presence to heal me. I want to bring that bitterness and anger to you. Maybe some of you just need to lay down and say, Lord, I forgive. I have to do this daily. I have to do this daily where I have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, again, I just bring this, this what could be anger, what could be bitterness. I just bring it to you and say, Lord, heal me and Lord, use me. Don't let this be, the, the pain be my story, but let your presence working in my life be my story. Come on, if you need a touch from heaven, would you just come to this altar?